on with our journey through the book of Enoch. And what a journey it has been thus far. Um, and as always, we're going to seek to align, you know, um, what we find with our canon. The 66 books we know and love that we call scripture, i.e. the Holy Bible. Amen. Alright, so we left off with chapter 95. We're going to pick it up today with chapter 96 of Enoch. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. 96. Yes, Enoch has over 96 chapters. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we're going to jump right in. You know, let me have my first reader read Enoch 96, 1 through 3, please. Behold, O ye righteous, for suddenly shall the sinners perish before you, and ye shall have lordship over them according to your desires. And in the day of the tribulation of the sinners, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your nest. And ye shall ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rock forever as ponies before the unrighteous. And the sirens shall sigh because of you and weep. Wherefore, fear not that ye have suffered great healing shall be your portion, and a bright light shall enlighten you, and the voice of rest shall ye hear from heaven. Hallelujah. So, in reflecting upon this passage, you know, I, I really do believe it aligns with our, with our canon, specifically 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. You know, um, I think this is exactly, you know, what's being depicted in um, the passage that everyone wants to attribute to um, the rapture, you know. Um, you know, in First Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17, it says something very similar. It says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Adonai, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Adonai shall not prevent them which are asleep. Speaking of the dead, uh, not those who are literally asleep, you know. It goes on in verse 16 and says, For the Adonai himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of Elohim, and the dead in Mashiach shall rise first. Then we which are alive shall re and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Adonai in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Adonai. You know, now I do believe like this, uh, that this passage in Enoch is actually speaking of the same course of events that Apostle Paul is speaking of in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. You know, and if you have eyes to see, he's giving us a little more uh, depth to what's going to happen. You know, in both cases, both of the prophets are speaking metaphorically. You know, they're not speaking literally. You know, and uh, whereby that should be obvious is not, you know, uh, some people think they're literally going to float up into the sky, you know, um, and go live in the heavens, you know, and that is just, you know, let's consider a different perspective, if you would, you know, consider Enoch 96.1, first of all, it tells us who is concerning. He says, be hopeful, ye righteous. So we're talking about the righteous, right? You know, and also, you know, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is also talking about the righteous. 
you know, those that are in the Adonai, that's in Yahshua. He speaks of the sinners suddenly perishing before them, you know, but he says, and ye shall have lordship over them according to your desire. So he's saying that the righteous shall have lordship according to their desires over the sinners. Anybody see that? You know, and he speaks of, and in the day of tribulation of the sinners, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your nest, and ye shall ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rock, you know, forever as conies before the unrighteous. Now, a cony is this small animal, you know, a lot of people make it out to be uh, uh, some type of rabbit, but it's not. It's actually a small animal that lives very high up in the mountains, in the in the um, in the cracks and crevices of the uh, the highest points of the mountains. You know, and so the metaphor that's being presented here is that they will be exalted above the sinners. They will be given authority above the sinners. They will rule, as we speak of one ruling, we say, we don't say they rule below um, below someone. They said, no, they rule over someone else. You know, and so, you know, to rule and have dominion is always presented in being higher than the, than the ones that's being ruled over. You know, hence they rule over, not under. You know, and so this is what's being presented here. You know, and even as uh, Apostle Paul says, they're going to be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Adonai in, in the air. You know, here it is. You know, uh, Enoch says it in a different way. He says, your children shall mount up and rise as eagles. And higher than the vultures will be your nest. And you will ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rock. But take note, they're still in the earth. Bombay? They're 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 not they're not in the heavens. They're not, you know, somewhere in ever never ever land. Can you see that? You know. Uh and then, you know, also you're not just talking about Enoch's not just talking about the righteous. You know, he's talking about those righteous who suffer for righteousness' sake. You know, and hence in verse 3 it says, Wherefore fear not ye that have suffered. You know, and so he's speaking about the righteous who have suffered. You know, and he says, You know, fear not, for your healing shall be your portion. And it says, And a bright light shall enlighten you. Now, earlier in the in the uh, book of Enoch, we learned that the righteous has this light that is emitted from them. And so this is what's being spoken of when he says, and a bright light shall enlighten you. That's the light that comes from their righteousness. You know, and so, and, and it says, in the voice of rest, ye shall um, hear from heaven. You know, so I, I just wanted to point that out because, um, you know, there's no parallel um, verse that I can find in, in our canon for this passage, but here's one that fits from the book of Enoch. You know, now, Enoch 96.4 goes on to say, um, yeah, yeah, Enoch 96.4 goes on to say, woe unto you, ye sinners, for your riches make you appear like the righteous, but your hearts convict you of being sinners. 
and this fact shall be as a testimony against you for a memorial of your evil deeds. Now, this is important to consider because a lot of people, even now today, you know, um, a lot of people look and they see people who are wealthy, people who, you know, have, who are rich, who have money, who are affluent. They look at them and they think automatically like, oh, they're so blessed. But not from a scriptural viewpoint. You know, this is, this is from a worldly viewpoint, you know, they're considered to be blessed. You know, and hence we see here in, in Enoch, um, 96 4 says ye sinners woe unto you for your riches make you appear like the righteous and that's what we have now today we, we see a, a lot of these mega churches and a lot of these you know um, these huge ministries that are abundantly um, rich and, and wealthy and you know and they you know they have you know all their harsh desires you know and they look they appear as if they're righteous because of these things. But even as scripture says here, but your hearts convict you of being sinners. And our canon actually aligns with this concept. You know, when we consider Revelation 3.17, you know, it says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know, so again, folks assume they're good because they're rich and increased with goods. And they don't they don't need anything material. But Yah says that you can be rich with goods and need have need of nothing, you know, materially in a worldly sense, but still be wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know, and that's about as poor as you can get. I mean, you know, you know, so, and that was, uh, you know, a word to one of the seven churches. Now, Enoch 96.5 goes on to say, Woe to you who devour the finest of wheat. Speaks about devouring the finest of wheat. Woe to you who devour the finest of wheat. Now, again, you can look at this and say, well, you know, this is the rich, you know, um, but this is a parable. This is a, um, uh, uh, a metaphor, if you would. Now, just, you know, uh, anyone, you know, who knows, well, what did Yahshua teach us that the wheat represents? Anyone? Tears. Huh? Tears. We represent tears. No, I'm sorry, no, righteous. Which righteous? Um, yeah. Not quite what I'm looking for. That's not what how Yahshua said. Well, let me give you a reminder. It's found in Matthew Yahoo 13, 24 and 25. It, um you know, it starts there anyway. And Yahshua is speaking about a parable. It says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Anybody remember now? Okay. 
let's go on to Matthew Yahoo um, 13, 36 through 38, which is the expounding of this parable. It says, Then Yahushua sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. All right, so son of man. The field is the world. All right, so we have Yahshua, we have the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. So the wheat represents the children of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody with me? You know, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. All right? So, you know, the children, so our, um, the wheat represents the children of the kingdom. So when it says, woe to, to you who devour the finest of wheat, scripturally speaking, we can take this to mean they're devouring the best of the children of the kingdom. Can you see that? I pray you can see that. Because if you can see that, then you wouldn't have, won't have no problem seeing the next half of the, um, of the passage. And the next half of the passage says, And drink wine in large bowls, and tread underfoot the lowly with your might. Alright? Now this is an easy one. What are we talking about? Not of the wine press per se. Alright. Um everybody tired today. I understand. You know, it's like <laughs> alright. So another parable um Yahshua put forth in Yokanon 15, 4 and 5. He says, Abide in me. This is our Messiah speaking. He says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. He goes on to say in verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Okay, now, we have the vine, we have the branches. And the branches bring forth much fruit. Now, what type of fruit does the vine bring forth? Wine is not a fruit. Grapes. Absolutely. Bring forth grapes and from grapes wine is made. But how are grapes made into wine? Tread it underfoot, right? And that's why you see it says they drink wine in large bowls and tread underfoot the lowly with your might. So they tread up uh, underfoot the lowly, that, that is the fruit of those of Yahshua, and they make the wine, and they're making a lot of it. That's why they're drinking it in large bowls. So they're, they're persecuting a lot of followers of Yahshua, of those that are in Yahshua. They're persecuting a lot of them. They're treading a lot of them underfoot, and they're making a lot of wine, and since they're drinking it in large bowls. Can you see that? Can you see this is an extreme persecution of the saints? This is what it's talking about. You know, a very extreme persecution of the saints. You know, Enoch 96 goes on to say, Woe to you who drink water from every fountain, for suddenly 
shall ye be consumed and withered away because ye have forsaken the fountain of life. You know, now, we're not to drink from every fountain. We want to drink from the fountain of life. You know, and concerning the fountain of life, our canon tells us in Proverbs 14, 26, 27, it says, in the fear of Yahuwah is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. And it goes on in verse 27 to say, the fear of Yahuwah is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So here it is, you know, the fountain that they are forsaking to drink from is the fear of Yahuwah. Can you see that? You know, it's this strong confidence. And this strong confidence in Yahuwah caused you to fear him. If you have a very strong confidence in him that he is the most high, then you're going to fear going against what he says. Amen? You know, so also consider Proverbs 13, 13 and 14. It says, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law or Torah of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know, so can you see that the fear of Yahuwah and the law of the wise are the same thing? You know, hence in verse 27 as well as verse 14, they have the same exact tale on the end of the scripture to depart from the snares of death. The fear of Yahuwah is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. The Torah of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know, I want you to understand that those of us who have strong confidence in Yahuwah, who fear him, you know, he becomes a fountain of life. You know, and to fear him is to fear the commandment that he's given us, that we might be rewarded for his Torah is a fountain of life. All right. Then we, we go on to Enoch 96, 7, and 8. It says, Woe to you who work unrighteousness and deceit and blasphemy. It shall be a memorial against you for evil. Woe to you, ye mighty, who with might oppress the righteous. For the day of your destruction is coming. In those days, many and good days shall come to the righteous in the day of your judgment. You know, so um, it's speaking about woe to those who work on righteousness and deceit and blasphemy and woe to the mighty who with might oppress the righteous. Now this is still talking about during the time of tribulation you know um, as it started off you know and so I want you to understand that because during this time you know we also have a passage that aligns with this you know from our canon it's found in Revelation 13 4 through 7 my next reader, please. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given into a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to count forty and two months. 
and he opened his mouth and blasphemed against Elohim to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints to overcome them. And the power was given him all, power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Hallelujah. All right, so here it is. You know, this is the one that will work deceit and blasphemy during the time of the great tribulation. The one who will oppress the righteous, you know, even as we're reading about. You know, and our canon agrees. And it's, it tells us that, you know, that the peoples of the world will worship the dragon, which, give, gave, um, which will give power unto the beast, and they'll also worship the beast. You know, and the beast is going to be this big, bad mamma jamma. You know, they, they say, you know, who was able to make war with him? You know, we can't make war with this guy. You know, we don't have to adhere to him. You know, now, verse 5 says, There was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Is this not what Enoch said? You know, the uh, unrighteous who work on righteousness, uh, the one who, woe to the one who work on righteousness and deceit and blasphemy. You know, we see that this beast will work. Um, deceit and blasphemy. You know, it said he would speak great things and blasphemies. And it says he opens his mouth to blaspheme against Elohim and to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, them that dwell in heaven. I mean, he's going, he's going through the whole gamut. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So it's going to overcome the saints. You know, and so they're going to be oppressing the righteous, you know, just as Enoch was saying. All right, we're going to continue on to chapter 97. All right, I'm going to read Enoch 97, 1 through 4. It says, Believe ye righteous that the sinners will become ashamed and perish in the day of the unrighteous. Be it known unto you, ye sinners, that the Most High is mindful of your destruction, and the angels of heaven rejoice over your destruction. What will ye do, sinners? Whither will ye flee on that day of judgment when ye hear the voice of the prayer of the righteous? Yea, ye shall fare like unto them against whom this word shall be a testimony. Ye have companions of sinners. Ye have been companions of sinners. Now that's huge. You know, so first of all, we're being encouraged, you know, to believe that the sinners will become ashamed eventually and perish in the day of unrighteousness. And then, so we're being comforted, we're being encouraged, but then he brings an admonition against the sinners. And he lets them know that the Most High is mindful of, of their destruction. Hallelujah. And he says something that's powerful. He says, ye shall fare like unto them against whom this word shall, he says, let me see, um, verse three, he says, what will ye do, sinners? And where the will ye flee on that day of judgment when ye hear the voice of the prayer of the righteous? Yea, ye shall fare like unto them against whom this word shall be a testimony. Ye have been companions of sinners. So it's not cool that you run around with sinners. It's not cool, especially in the time of tribulation, that you make sinners your compadres. Can you see that? 
You know, and again, our canon aligns with this. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, my next reader, uh, please read 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Messiah with Balaam? Or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agree agreement haveth the temple of Elohim with idols? For ye are the temple of the living Elohim, as Elohim hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Adonai, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Adonai Almighty. Hallelujah. So we see 2,000 years ago, we were told, you know, to separate ourselves, to separate ourselves from the, uh, from the sinners, to separate ourselves from, from those that are unbelievers. Amen? You know, so at some point, at some point, we ought to decide to listen. Amen? Verses 5 and 6 goes on saying, In those days the prayer of the righteous shall reach unto the Adonai, and for you the days of your judgment shall come. And all the words of your unrighteousness shall be read out before the great Holy One, and your faces shall be covered with shame, and he will reject every work which is grounded on unrighteousness. You know, did you catch that? All the words of your unrighteousness shall be read out before Yah. Did you catch that? Come on now, this is huge. And your faces shall be covered with shame. And he will reject every work which is grounded on unrighteousness. He says, all the words of your unrighteousness shall be read out before the holy, the, the great holy. That's huge. See, that's why we gotta learn to keep our mouths shut. We gotta learn to we gotta learn to be quiet. We gotta learn not to not to voice everything that pops in our head. Amen. You know, now, you know, but does our canon align with this? It absolutely does. Revelation 20, verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Elohim, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. All of your works are being written down. Your life is being recorded. You better know it. Things you're doing in the dark, God is going to know about it. It's going to be read before him and everybody else. And you're going to be judged from it. You know, let me have my next reader read Enoch 98, 7 through 10, please. Woe to you, you sinners who live on the mine, on the mid-ocean, in the dry, in the dry land, whose remembrance is evil against you. Woe to you who acquire silver and gold in unrighteousness and say, We have become rich with riches and have pet possessions and have acquired everything we have desired. And now let us do what we are purpose. 
for we have gathered silver, and many are the husband, husband, husbandmen in our houses, and in our granaries are brim full of full of water. Ye, yea, and like water, your your, your your lies shall flow away, for your riches shall not abide, but speedily is sin a sin for you, for ye have acquired. It at all it at all in unrighteousness, and ye shall be given over to the great curse. Okay. Okay, so you know. Now, I want you to be honest. You know, I want you to be honest with yourselves as well as, you know, just consider. The overall plan for most people, their objective in life is to acquire silver and gold is to become rich with riches and have possessions and to acquire the things that they desire. This is most people of the world's number one objective. And when they've done just that, then they consider themselves successful. Am I lying? You know, facts, right? That's facts. You know, but even if you become successful on this level, you're still unsuccessful in the eyes of the Most High. You know, and the things that you do to acquire this silver and gold, you know, righteousness, will be held against you. You may think you got away with it in the here and now, but there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming and no one's going to escape it. And everyone's gonna have to pay the price for the things that they've done, you know. Um, I have 98, but I thought, doesn't that say that? Oh, I'm sorry, that's that. This is Enoch 97, five through six, and 97, seven through 10. Um, I made a mistake, you know. In case you don't know, I, I, have, I have to type all this stuff. So, um, yeah, so I made a typo. That's supposed to be 97. This is chapter 98. We're going to do 98 and call it quits. 98, 1 through 6 says, And now I swear unto you, to the wise and to the foolish, for ye shall have many false experiences on the earth. For ye men shall put on more adornments than a woman, and colored garments more than a virgin's in royalty and in grandeur and in power and in silver and in gold and in purple and in splendor and in food, they shall be poured out as water. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Because, you know, tell the truth, shame the devil. This is definitely true in our day and time. There are men that put on more adornments than a woman. They even put on women adornments. You know, and colored garments more than the virgin. Facts, that's facts, right? You know, verses 3 through 6. Therefore, they shall be wanting in doctrine and wisdom. You know, they have everything that they think they want, but they don't have the things that are essential, which are which is doctrine and wisdom, you know, concerning Yah. And they shall perish thereby together with their possessions and with all their glory and their splendor in the shame and in slaughter and in great destitution, their spirits shall be cast into the furnace of fire. 
I have sworn unto you, ye sinners, as a mountain has not become a slave and a hill does not become the handmaid of a woman. Even so, sin has not been sent upon the earth, but man of himself has created it. And under a great curse shall they fall who commit it. Now this, you know, speaks to an age-old question. You know, people, are, I've heard, you know, usually those, uh, the atheist persuasion. You know, well, if, if Yah is all-knowing and he this, that, and the other, and, you know, then why do bad things happen to good people? You know, first of all, you're not qualified to determine who's good. You know, because there's nothing good but that which comes from, from Yah. You know, Yahshua teaches us that, amen? And you don't know about him because you're an atheist. You know, so that kind of rules you out in, in, in your knowledge base as to what is good. But also, you know, here it is. You're being told that sin has not been sent upon the earth. This was not Yah's plan. You know, even as the parable of the wheat and the tares. You know, it, it was ter it's tears amongst the weak, but that's, that wasn't Yah's plan. You know, but man of himself has created um, the sin, and under a great curse shall they fall who committed. You know, you have a choice to do right or do wrong. You get to choose to adhere to Yah or to adhere to man or to adhere to yourself, which is still adhering to man. He goes on to say, and the barrenness has not been given to a woman, but on account of the deeds of her own hands, she dies without children. I have sworn unto you, ye sinners, by the Holy Great One, that all your evil deeds are revealed in the heavens. There you go again. All your evil deeds are revealed in the heavens, and that none of your deeds of oppression are covered and hidden. Everything you do, y'all see. And as the old saying goes, what's done in the dark will one day come to the light. <coughs> Yah is light and there is no darkness in him. And your deeds will come before him at some point. Everyone is going to be judged. No one is doing anything that he doesn't know about. This is why I love the saying, and I, you know, I coined it from, from a, a buddy of mine's um, sister. You know, she said, when she looked in the mirror, she, um, before she leave the house, she asks, what is Yah going to catch me doing today? You know, and some of us need to ask ourselves that before we leave out the door. We need to ask, what is Yah going to catch us doing today? And the answer, preferably, should be nothing. Amen? So, again, all your deeds are revealed in the heavens. There's so, so many people out here thinking they... They doing something in the dark, thinking they getting away with something, thinking don't nobody know. Oh, it's gonna come to light. It's gonna come to light. You know, and when it does, there will be a price to pay. You know, and this is why scripture teaches us to confess our faults one to another. You know, you want to cover that sin. You know, you want to cover these things that, that you're doing. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. One who converts one from the error of their ways covers a multitude of sins. Get some stuff covered. You know, offer up some sacrifices and praise and thanksgiving. Amen? Amen? Now, Enoch 
98.7 and goes on to say, And do not think in your spirit nor say in your heart that ye do not know, that ye do not see that every sin is every day recorded in heaven in the presence of the Most High. From henceforth ye know that all your oppression wherewith ye oppress is written down every day till the day of your judgment. And I'm here to tell you that our canon absolutely aligns with this. Yahshua taught us this in Matthew Yahoo 12, 36 and 37. He says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. When you get before the judge, he's going to judge you based upon your works. Based upon your words. Your works. You know, the things that you have done in this life. I pray that your skill isn't found wanting. Say lie. Enoch 98, 9 and 10. Woe to ye fools. Who through your folly shall ye perish. And ye transgress against the wise. And so good. Uh, and so good hap shall not be your portion. And now know ye that ye are prepared for the day of destruction. Wherefore do not hope to live ye sinners. He's letting you know right now. Don't hope to live. But ye shall depart and die. For ye know no ransom. For ye are prepared. For the day of the great judgment, for the day of tribulation, and great shame for your spirits. So again, we're still in this thing, still in this this uh, day of tribulation that we're um, that Enoch is talking about. And our canon absolutely bears witness to this. In Matthew 24, 21, 22, it says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Listen, y'all, there's a tribulation coming coming um, past. You know, it was over two, it was about 2,000 years when these words were said. You know, we are 2,000 years closer to it happening. Matter of fact, there's never been a people on the planet that's been closer than us. And tomorrow, we're going to be even closer. So I suggest that you get your act together. That you take this last admonition of um, Enoch 98 with you on out this door. He said um, in 98, 11 through 16, he says, Whoa! To ye obstinate of heart. You have to learn to soften your heart. Soften your heart to Yah's will, way, and purposes. Soften your heart to his word because you can't know his will, way, and purposes outside of his word. It's not about what we think. It's not about what makes sense to us. It's about his word playing out in our lives. If you have his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit, then you have the spirit of truth. And if you have the spirit of truth, then you have the spirit of the word. Because Yochanan 17, 17 says, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. You know, so if you have the Ruach of truth, you have the Ruach of his word. And his Ruach will not contradict his word. It can't. That's an oxymoron. The truth can't go against itself. So, 
don't have an obstinate heart. If the words say do it, just do it. If it don't make sense to you, do it anyway. <coughs> because we're supposed to come to him as little children. I've never seen a baby, an infant, a little child understand everything his parents told him to do. They have to, they have, they learn to trust their parents. And that's how we're to learn to trust Yah and to trust his word. I assure you, many of the little kids, many of the babies, they have no idea why you're asking them to do the things that you're telling them to do. But they do it out of respect and love for you. They may rebel sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, they learn that respect and love. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, and that's absolutely what we're supposed to have. You know, so don't be abstinent in heart. It goes on to say, you know, woe to you abstinent in heart who work wickedness and eat blood. Yeah, he's still on that. He still don't want you to eat blood. Whence have ye good things to eat and to drink and to be filled? It's all this good stuff you can eat and you want to eat stuff with blood in it. You know what? What answer are you gonna give the Most High when he when he when he uh, confronts you with that? And say, I say, look, I gave you a smorgasbord of stuff, but you choose what I told you not to eat. It goes on to say, from all the good things which the Adonai the Most High has placed in abundance on the earth, therefore ye shall have no peace. It goes on to say in verse twelve, woe to you who love the deeds of unrighteousness. There's a lot of people who know they doing wrong and they like doing wrong. They just like doing wrong. Woe unto them. It says, wherefore do ye hope for the good happiness unto yourselves? Know that ye shall be delivered into the hands of the righteous and they shall cut off your necks and slay you and have no mercy upon you. Woe to you who rejoice in the tribulation of the righteous. For no grave shall be dug for you. Woe to you who said it not the words of the righteous. For ye shall have no hope of life. Woe to you who write down lying and godless words. For they write down their lies that men may hear them. And act godlessly towards their neighbor. Therefore they shall have no peace but die of sudden death. You know. That's all I have for today. Pray was a blessing. Hallelujah. Alright, we'll take any questions at this time. Questions? information we still got information up here we're gonna uh, the, we have access to the uh, shelter at Marsh Bank Park in West Bloomfield from uh, 9 to 8 goal is to walk 10 miles in 10 hours or whatever God puts on your heart to do solicit some donations and bring them back to the, to the ministry for uh, to go into our fund for uh, getting a piece of property to start that disciples school hallelujah 
So, it's been hot all week. Come prepared. Make sure you got plenty of water. Make sure you got what your family needs. Again, everybody's supposed to uh, bring what they need for, for themselves and their family, but if you want to bring something to share, that is always welcome. Um, we'll be out there to, to help. Uh, you know, mark the tallies. We'll give some instructions in the morning. My advice is come as early as you can because when that sun comes out, it's going to get hot. So the earlier you start, the earlier you can get going. If you have a shelter, you can take a break. But what you do is up to 